Good evening. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm fucking nervous. Shit. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Cursing. Not good. Okay. I am extremely nervous and um, so grateful to be here and so honored to be here um, and shocked that I was even asked to come and speak because um, Mr. Black knows absolutely nothing about me or my story. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting situation being asked to come here and speak with you tonight. Um, welcome to anyone who took a newcomer trip tonight. Really, really glad you found us. Um, my sobriety date is March 4th, 2006, and um, I have a sponsor who I've been working with for 11 years. Um, I still reach out to her. I still connect with her um, when I need a little bit of extra help and love and guidance and support. But um, I have amazing women in my life who I get to sponsor. And um, this program has just absolutely changed my entire world. Uh, our text that we disclose in a general way, what it used to be like, what happened, and what, what it's like now. Um, and I'm going to try to stick to that formula. I am an alcoholic, uh, but I am an alcoholic and. Uh, I did dabble with the drugs. Um, I've done the things. But because of our singleness of purpose, I'm going to stick to my experience primarily with alcoholism because first or alcohol because first and foremost I'm an alcoholic um, if you hear my voice warble or shake or if I say um a million times it is because I am extremely nervous right now uh, which is really funny because I'm a middle school teacher and that is the toughest crowd to speak in front of <laughs> and they 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 roll their eyes at you and you guys are really nice. You just smile at me and you laugh at things that I say that's funny. So I really appreciate that. But I'm not nervous in front of them. And for some reason, I am I'm very nervous to be in front of you right now. Um, but I know that God is going to speak through me right now and God is going to guide me. Um, because that in my life today is the most important fact, uh, my relationship with God. And I would not have ever believed I would have said something like that, ever. Um, I'm going to share a little bit what it's like now because that is the most important part of my story um, today, excusing the two curse words that I used at the beginning of this. <laughs> I can honestly tell you that I am a, a woman of dignity, of respect, of integrity, of grace, um, not gracefulness, because uh, I'm definitely not graceful, but uh, I am a woman of grace, um, and uh, my life is unreal. Ladies and gentlemen, it is it is beyond anything that I would have imagined, could have imagined for myself. Um, I am a loving wife, a faithful loving wife to an amazing man who showed up tonight, even though he has a ton of work to do. Uh, mother of a two-year-old and a one-year-old, and I do a really good job at being a parent. And I didn't think I would be a good parent. Um, and I, and I get to walk this path with, with other women, and, and one of the greatest parts of my life is getting to walk through the steps with other women and take their, their hands and place them in the hand of God and uh, leave them there and get to watch them grow and get to watch them work with others. And it just, it's just, it's something that I just, <laughs> I 
It's amazing to be a part of. It's absolutely amazing to be a part of. Um, I had this really nice thing typed out that um, I practiced. I like typed a lot. <laughs> when I, um, so when I got up here, I would know what to say. Um, but everything I typed just went out of my mind. Um, primarily because about a week ago, my brother came over and um, I showed him what I typed. He's like, yeah, let's check it out. And he started making fun of me. <laughs> because, because the first line that I typed was, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kelly. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, rightfully so. Uh, I, was, I was made fun of. And uh, so I didn't look at it anymore because I was really embarrassed. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, my story is my story. So I think I'll be able to remember it for the most part. Um, I was uh, going back to the beginning so that you guys know that I actually am an alcoholic and I have the spiritual malady and the physical allergy and the mental twist with regards to alcohol. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of my background. Um, I was born in San Diego, adopted at birth to a beautiful family in Southern California in Corona Del Mar. Uh, I grew up in a gorgeous home that overlooks the ocean and never wanted for anything, ever. Um, my parents were amazing people. I had the most incredible life that you could ever imagine. Uh, I went to the best schools, got the best education, got the best everything. My first car was a Mercedes-Benz and I was embarrassed by it because it was a diesel. My second car, like, I, you know, I had, I had the things. I had the nice things. I never wanted for anything. Um, and even though I had this really beautiful family and this really beautiful life, I never felt like I deserved it. I never felt like I fit. I never felt like I fit with my family. I never felt like I fit with my community. I never felt like I fit inside my own skin. I always felt different than uncomfortable. Uh, later, I realize and have come to realize now is um, primarily because I'm an extremely selfish individual and all I think about is me all the time. Um, but my thinking about me was never positive. It was always negative. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. And so there was this false you know, humility that I had with me and I carry with me for a very long time and still sometimes grapple with. Um, I remember when I was about five years old, um, we were at a birthday party at my parents' friend's house. And my sisters had a balloon filled with helium, and the kids were all doing, you know, the helium shots to make our voices sound funny. And um, I, it, like, the f funny voice was cool, but what was even cooler to me was that my my world started to spin, and um, I ended up inhaling so much helium that evening that I ended up passing out and scared the living daylights out of my sister and it was pretty quick like it came I came to pretty quickly um, but I'm sure there's some damage memory wise up here <sighs> it's not it's not a good memory <laughs> but uh, but I loved it I absolutely loved it uh, and I remember multiple times after that before I, I was introduced to alcohol that I would find things or try to do things that would change the way I felt um, because I never felt good. And anything that could change the way I felt is what I wanted. And then I met my number one alcohol. And my life just exploded into so much of what I thought I wanted. And 
the first time I had a drink, legitimately had a drink, my first drunk was when I was 15 years old. Uh, I was at um, my house. My sisters were throwing a party. My parents were out of town. I took a water bottle of Goldschlager and basically just chugged it down. And the head change that I had was immediate. I was funny. I was pretty. My boobs were bigger. My butt actually was there. Um, <laughs> men were interested in me, which I later you know, realized that if you have boobs, men are generally interested in you. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but here, but here I am, this 15-year-old little girl, like completely clueless. And um, I found the answer to all of my problems. And my relationship with alcohol continued to develop and grow. Um, and it saw me through extremely painful relationships. It um, helped me walk through uh, some difficulties with my family, and uh, so I thought. Um, when I finally realized that alcohol had become a problem, I had crossed an invisible line, and I could not live with, and I could not live without alcohol. Um, things ended up getting really pretty bad when I got into college. Uh, I was sent to fancy old Southern Methodist University. Um, and that's kind of where my drinking took me to some extremely dark places that uh, I am no longer ashamed of, but were extremely ashamed of for a very long time. Um, even thinking about them, I would feel sick to my stomach because of the things that I did. Um, and the last time that I was in Dallas, right after I got sober, I remember driving by the school and I had a horrible panic attack. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. Oh, it was just. It was disgusting. It was horrible. And I'll tell you that if if you if any of you who are new or have a little bit of time and you have that feeling, um, the shame, the guilt, the remorse, the incomprehensible demoralization that goes away. Like that, that depth of pain, you don't have to live with that for the rest of your life. Um, and that was something that I heard at the first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous that I went to. And that just gave me the tiniest little speck of hope that I didn't have to live the way I was living anymore. Um, I ended up being uh, asked to leave Southern Methodist University um, after some indecent situations occurred. I will not be specific. Just <laughs> trust me. Um, and ended up coming back home, living with my parents. And I attended Orange Coast College for a semester, at which time I drank Jack Daniels for every single class that I was in, I would bring a bottle of Coke and Jack and just sit in class and throw it back. And at one class, I remember I got so drunk that I had to leave and I was sitting outside at this little planter just vomiting during my creative writing class into the plants. It's pretty mortifying. Um, ended up getting into a good college again because I can pull myself up for my bootstraps, don't you know? 
I went to St. Mary's College. It's a nice little small college up in Moraga, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I thought that going there, going to a small college, would fix the problem, um, but it did not because I was there. And so I just continued to, to do me. Um, I, I have to apologize. I'm not the best at talking about what it was like. Um, because I honestly don't really remember. And I don't know if that's because of all the damage that I did to my brain, or if it's because I'm so far removed from that life, and I've been living this way of life for so long that, that I don't remember. But either way, I don't, I kind of get embarrassed too, because I don't really have one of those like super tragic stories. Um, I didn't. I didn't have any really big issues growing up. I didn't. I didn't run away. I wasn't one of the like crazy kids. Like, I don't have any real trauma. I mean, we all have trauma, but some of the stories I hear, I'm like, whoa, I would drink too. <laughs> but what I've come to find out in this program is that alcohol does not discriminate, um, and it did not discriminate with me. And during the time that I was at this university, I ended up um, reconnecting with a friend that I had known when I was 15 years old. This was over my summer break, and he was sober, and he had a really pretty red motorcycle, and he wore a black hat, and he had really nice blue eyes. And so I told him I wanted uh, to go out with him while I was drunk. And it, he fell for it, which was awesome. But, um, <laughs> but I was, I think I was able, I think I was able to hide it enough to where he didn't know that I was as bad off as I was. Um, but I started to notice uh, my life and the trajectory that I was going in versus his life and the way his life was going. And when he and I started dating, he had, he had a year sober and I had absolutely no time. Um, I was just doing me. And I, um, I saw what he had. I saw the peace, and I saw the calm, and the serenity, and the confidence, and the dignity, and the grace, and I wanted it. I wanted it really, really badly. Um, and I asked him if he thought I was an alcoholic. He said, I absolutely cannot tell you that. <laughs> that is something that you need to figure out for yourself. And so um, he gave me some suggestions, read a, a pamphlet, you know, asking questions about whether or not you think you're an alcoholic. And going through this pamphlet, I answered in the affirmative to most of the questions. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And apparently if you answer yes to three or more of the questions, you're probably an alcoholic. It's like, OK. All right, well, that doesn't mean anything. I could, I could have fabricated a couple of those answers. Um, then he gave me some suggestions, like suggestions from the book. Uh, he suggested that I try not drinking for 30 days. And I was like, yeah, cool, I can do that. That sounds great. And I lasted about six hours before I was shit-faced, sorry, completely drunk. Um, <laughs> And um, 
calling him from my university, asking him why he spent more time with his roommate than he did with me. <laughs> and we lived 500 miles apart. <laughs> so you can probably do the math and figure it out. But um, so that, that definitely didn't work. And then I was like, okay, well, I, let me try again. He's like, okay, well, try, try just you know, having one and then stopping. I was like, okay, I can do that. And I had a beer at my friend's, at my friend's place. And then um, she was like, hey, I have, I have Jaeger and some Red Bull. Do you want to do some Jaeger bombs? It's like, yeah, it's a totally different drink. Let's do that. That sounds great. <laughs> Once again, absolutely drunk. Uh, mind you, all of this is, is after getting kicked out of school, DUI, incomprehensible demoralization that I don't really like to share about in mixed meetings. Um, but believe me when I tell you, I know for a fact today that I am an alcoholic um, and I don't believe that anybody can tell me any differently at this point in my life and that is something I'm really grateful for. Um, I ended up going to a meeting um, on November 17th of 2005. It was in the basement of a church in Oakland and it was with like some real like, CD characters like you guys are all like really nice looking. Like, you guys are very beautiful and like well kept and like, even the newcomers who came up like you guys look really good. <laughs> How do you look so good? I'm impressed. Um, but but this is not like this is not what the people in this first meeting I went to looked like. Um, it was a very mixed group and one of the one of the gentlemen who was at this meeting referred to himself as a jaywalker. I was like, what is that? He said, my name's Jordy and I'm a jaywalker. And that confused me. Um, so I just figured he was at the wrong meeting. Um, and <laughs> it was a speaker meeting. And the speaker was um, probably mid-40s. Mind you, I'm 21 at the time. Uh, the speaker was mid-40s. He was, or he had a husband and... I did not think I could relate to this man at all. I, I questioned my sanity for being in that meeting. Uh, and then he opened his mouth. And I heard every single thing that I needed to hear to know that I was in the right place. He talked about the craving that overcame him when he took a drink of alcohol. He talked about that, <laughs> that feeling, you know, that feeling of emptiness that uh, we need to fill, that just kind of like, I need something, I need something, I'm not, I can't, I can't do this, it's like, I can't, that was me, that was me to a T, I needed more, I needed something, I needed anything, um, and I realized pretty quickly in talking with alcoholics that what I needed was actually a relationship with God, and that scared me, that terrified me, because growing up, I understood that God was some bearded man in the sky who uh, struck you down if you did anything that you weren't supposed to. And that made me very nervous, and I did not like that. And when I sat down with my sponsor for the first time and she explained to me that all I needed was a willingness to believe, that made things a little bit easier for me. Um, I had... Um, 
two sponsors that didn't end up turning out well, but I, I was able to maintain about four months of sobriety. Um, and then I went out um, for a day and quickly realized that I needed this and I wanted this more than anything. And I came back with a willingness and an open-mindedness that I, I never experienced in my entire life because I was terrified to go back to the way of life that I had had before. And I found a sponsor who I trusted and she took me through the book and I took the steps with her. My fourth step was a an eight hour experience. I was sitting in her apartment on her bed for eight hours straight. I only got up twice to pee, writing and writing and writing and writing and I had 157 names on my first fourth step and I still held on to that one during my fifth step with her that I didn't want to share with anybody ever because that was that I was going to go to my grave with that one. That you couldn't know that nobody could know that. Um, and so even after working all twelve steps with her, um, it came became pretty obvious that I still had a lot of work to do and I needed to grow a lot more. Um, how much time do I have? I'm so like. 22, 10, oh, good. <laughs> this is absolutely not what I plan to talk about. This is a lot of like, pew, pew, pew. And I, I had it like on point. Thanks a lot, Skylar. <laughs> Jerk. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so you get the idea. I'm an alcoholic. I had a moment. I want to get sober. Now I'm in the process of getting sober. And the process of getting sober is a process. It's a journey. It is a never-ending journey. Um, I have talked to many women and many men who have different experiences with the step steps. I know that some people take all 12 steps only once, and then they do 10, 11, and 12, and that's that's their deal. I know people who have done all 12 steps over and over and over and over and over. Um, I am one of the over and over and over and overs because more is constantly revealed to me about not only my alcoholism, but about my relationship with God. Um, I continue to do 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. I've been praying constantly today that I say something that actually makes somebody want to stay here. Because that's the whole point of this, right? Is to share my experience, strength, and hope in the hope that it, it, it reaches one of you. Just one of you. And if it does, then hoorah. Um, I am not a speaker. I am not a speaker at all. I am um, I'm the kind of alcoholic who goes to small women's meetings and uh, takes hostages as sponsees and force them to call me at 7.30 on my drive into work so that I can have a good day. Um, I am the type of alcoholic who opens my house, um, and my husband is as well, to anybody and everybody. Um, we have this incredible life that is just full of love and the fellowship and I, it was good right right baby it's pretty good <laughs> and uh and it's it's so weird like you would think that someone who has all of the good would be really good at sharing not at sharing but like we do this we do this thing 
We do this thing every single day. I write in my journal every single night still. I review my day every single night. I think about the 24 hours ahead every single morning. I connect with God every single day. I look deeply at myself to see what God would have me do and what God would have me be. And when I get into self, because you better believe, I am a sick, selfish woman. And when I get into self, I pray. That is my go-to. I pray, and then I ask where I can be helpful, and I help somebody. Um, you know what? I think that's why maybe I'm not a great speaker, because the background isn't, it's not me. Me is what I do today. And what I do today is something I never thought I would do. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, and I get on my knees, and then I go exercise with my brother, or I force him to wait outside my house and not wake up. Um, <laughs> talk about gifts gifts of sobriety. If I weren't sober, I, I wouldn't have the gifts that I have today. Um, aside from my number one, my husband, and a healthy, happy relationship that um, I think people can look up to, I have two beautiful children, um, and I parent in a way that I think is respectable. I have um, my mom and dad, who I absolutely love to bits and pieces and have completely and fully forgiven for all of the things, because we all know our parents, they were just, they're just terrible, they're horrible people. Um, mine really weren't. They were wonderful people. Um, I have a relationship with my sister and her children. The relationships in my life are number one. And after I, after I had my daughter, I um, made the decision to find the amazing, and I find out more and more just how amazing, um, I decided to find my birth mother. And I found her phone number and called her the day before Thanksgiving, and I was so scared, scareder than I was before being up here. And um, I, I <laughs> my opening line was, I did not expect you to answer the phone. <laughs> um, <coughs> and um, she was like, all right, well, who is this? And I said, my name is Kelly O'Neill, and my maiden name is Kade. And like instantly, I just hear her break down, sobbing on the other line. And um, <laughs> long story short, she's here tonight. And um, I f found out that I have five baby brothers. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, <laughs> I have a brother who's living in, where is he now, Ohio? Ohio. He's in Ohio. I have a brother in the Central Valley, and then my, my youngest, youngest-ish baby brother, Skylar, is your literature person. <laughs> and he lives a mile and a half, two miles from where I live, and has lived two miles from me for 10 years, and I just met him two months ago. And then my brother, Dakota, and then my baby baby, Devin, who just drove up for the day to hang out with me and my kids and my husband and I talk about mind blown right <laughs> gift after gift after gift and the reason I'm here which is 
not as much of a gift, <laughs> is that I came to see my brother take two years. Two years. He has two years, guys. <laughs> there's Dakota being jackass. <laughs> but like, like it doesn't it doesn't get much more fairy tale than this. And um and through this whole endeavor, my husband has just been my biggest cheerleader. When when you could get jealous, when you could get anxious or nervous, and I've had these women who've experienced this with me and just held me up. And, and that, to me, today, that is God. The relationships that are put in my life, the experiences that I have from day to day, that is God. Um, and I just, I don't even, I don't even know how I, how I got this. I don't even know how this works, but it works if you just do it. Uh, and that's something that somebody said to me, uh, or I heard at a speaker meeting, is that this program isn't for people who want it. This program is not for people who need it. This program is for people who do it. And um, I know that there are at least 15 women in here with high-quality sobriety who are powerhouses and do this on a daily basis so if you are a woman looking for a sponsor please find somebody at this meeting um, and did you did you guys have people raise their hands if they can sponsor do you do that here well I'm gonna go against the grain can I see the hands of all who are able and willing to sponsor in this meeting look at that for all of the newcomers who lined up here like there were a ton of you and you looked really good how do you guys look so good <laughs> oh my gosh um seriously get a sponsor um thank you for letting me babble my babbliness and i just i'm so grateful to be here thank you